What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast featuring exclusive content and interviews with leaders in the WordPress community, covering everything from development to integrating your digital marketing strategy with WordPress. Join host David Vogelpohl of WP Engine and special guests from across the community as they keep you up to speed on the latest advancements in WordPress. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. I'm your host, David Vogelpohl, and I'm joined here by co-host Stephen Word. Hello, everyone. Good to be back. Awesome. And I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. As a reminder, you can always subscribe on iTunes or iHeartRadio, and as always, you can download episodes at webmasterradio.fm forward slash shows forward slash press this. So on this episode of Press This, we're going to be interviewing Luca Fracazzi. Luca, welcome to the show. Thank you, David. A pleasure to be here. Awesome. And for those of you that don't know Luca, he runs a company called Adendio. And and Luca, I'm going to do my best here to describe it. It is a search and demo engine for WordPress plugins. Did I get that right, Luca? Yes, yes. It's uh, in a nutshell. That's what we do. Awesome. So just to kind of, I guess, restate that, Indio allows you to search for plugins and then try them out before you buy them, which I think is pretty cool. And so in this episode, when we're interviewing Luca, I wanted to really focus around what is the perfect plan for picking plugins? And I didn't do that just because those letters all started with P, but rather because it's a common thing, right? You go to the .org repo, you start searching through the plugins. You don't know which ones to pick, why to pick them. And then uh, really kind of understanding which ones are good or not good. So I figured Luca running Adindia would have a pretty good view of that. And so that's what we're going to be covering here on today's show. So Luca, I've gotten to know you uh, here over the last year or so, uh, just about. You know, we hung out uh, in Paris at WordCamp Europe. But I never actually asked you this question, so I'm kind of curious. How did you get into all this WordPress stuff? What was your WordPress origin story? Um, well, it goes back to 2007. I was doing some uh, off 
off-site project uh, for, for myself. And I started looking around and I found WordPress at the time. So I kept uh, working on and off on my personal project with WordPress until I decided that I was tired of looking for plugins the way the search is uh, structured these days. So I decided to build uh, our own solution for that. Okay, so kind of working on it on your own. Were you doing client work as well? Is that Was that part of what you were doing in WordPress? Yeah, I was doing partially uh, as a freelancing and also partially for friends or so for myself. So, uh, But it was on and off. It was not my main activity back then. And you're based in Paris now. Was this in France when you were doing the freelancing WordPress stuff or have you, have you done in other countries as well? I, I was actually living in the Netherlands at the time. I mean, I'm Italian. But I've been a little bit around. I've been in the in the UK, then in the Netherlands, and now we are in France. So uh, yeah, we will see where we will go next. <laughs> I think that also gives you kind of a unique advantage in the plugin space because so many plugin creators are based in Europe. Uh, it probably gives you a lot of opportunity to meet people. Is that true? I I think so. I think that there are uh, enough uh, plugin authors uh, here on this side of the pond, as the English guys used to say. Uh, and generally speaking, what we see is also that uh, I think from an Anglo-Saxon perspective, the languages are not that important. While when you live in Europe, you know that a plugin uh, has to have some translations in order to be searched and uh, used by uh, users uh, who don't speak English properly. Yeah, okay, that makes a ton of sense. And again, I think gives you a very unique and uh, valuable perspective. So um, we talked about Adendio earlier and the ability to kind of search and, and demo a plugin. Maybe you could tell us a little bit more about some of the technology or how it works kind of behind the scenes. How is this possible? Like, how are you pulling this off? Uh, I don't think that technology is uh, so much the, uh, the difficult part uh, from what we have done. The, the difficult part is very much about data. I have a very strong background with data. So what we do is that basically we uh, we take data from uh, WordPress.org, but also from other sources like Envato or Team Forest, and uh, we have to first of all normalize the data, just making sure that uh, when you search for it, you're searching through the right fields and that you have the right information uh, in order to make the filters and stuff like that. And uh, once that is done, yeah, the 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 fun part starts because then you then need to decide, okay, how do you rank the plugins, how do you make sure that the users have uh, a good experience in order to, to search. So that, that's something that we normally work a lot with, uh, with users and we try and get uh, a lot of feedback from them. And uh, one of the, the reasons that we built the, the demo part was because some users, uh, they liked it to us and said, oh, it would be lovely if we could just try those plugins. And uh, at the time we started doing that with Docker, uh, which was like two years ago, was pretty new. And, and that's how we do it. So we basically spin uh, a new Docker instance uh, every time uh, somebody wants to launch uh, a sandbox. And the user, within a minute, he's got uh, a new WordPress instance with, uh, with the plugin installed, and he can just try it out. Uh, that's pretty much it. Okay, that's really interesting because like I was focusing kind of as a user and I was like, oh, the demo part's the cool part. But you're like, well, no, 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 no. The data part's the cool part. That was the hard part to solve. That's the part that delivers the most value. You know, spinning up a WordPress install and installing a plugin. That's not what I'm excited about. I'm excited about the data part. 
And, you know, I think that's really interesting because I think a lot of people, when they're picking plugins, you know, they're picking it from their view of the world, right? Does this do what I want it to do? And they don't really consider, well, what is the person or company that made this thing? What's important to them? Because I, I think that also influences whether you'd pick something or not, right? If, if the demoing was the absolute best uh, thing for me and you're focusing on data, that might not be the best kind of fit for me. But if it's the other way around, of course, it would be. But I, I think it's interesting to to hear you talk about it through the lens of well, what's important to the user versus what's important to the developer. Um, do you see that surfacing a lot as people consider plugins? You see like a big gap between what's important to the user and what's important to the person making it? Um, I do see that uh, the people mostly start searching through uh, through keywords uh, and possibly use a few key metrics like uh, installs and uh, stuff like that for uh, for their initial search. Um, what what I also do see is that uh, it's uh, it's not as as easy sometimes to explain to people why uh, they should use more data than just simply doing a search, like a keyword search, because of course it requires more effort from the user perspective. But it's uh, yeah, unfortunately there's not enough data around for the user, or maybe they don't care that much about uh, about the data. But uh, we do have some interesting statistics about uh, what the, the user should use in order to make sure that they have a good plugin. So you're kind of stating here that you feel like most users are just going in, typing in, you know, uh, email marketing, and something pops up, and they try it out and use it for the features. But you're, one of the tips it sounded like you were focusing on was the data part, which, of course, is uh, the, one of the big focuses of Adendio. Um, so I, I, I'm kind of curious, you know, I, I have my own kind of list of things I think people should do when picking plugins. You know, we have a pretty robust method of doing that at WP Engine for our WordPress properties. And so um, I'm really curious what your tips are. But what I want to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we return from the break, um, I'd like you to kind of rattle off like what your tips are um, that people should follow when, uh, when picking plugins. Does that sound good, Luca? Sounds good to me. Awesome. So everybody hang tight. We'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Book lovers and hundreds of compelling contemporary authors are heading to Miami for the 34th annual Miami Book Fair, Friday, November 17th through Sunday, November 19th. See in person amazing authors, including Vice President Joe Biden, Senator Al Franken, Russell Banks, Michael Eric Dyson, Armistead Malpin, Angela J. Davis, Scott Turo, Walter Isaacson, and many more. The 34th annual Miami Book Fair. For more information, visit MiamiBookFair.com. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network through iHeartRadio. 
iTunes, Stitcher. We can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Email sales at webmasterradio.fm today and get your message delivered now. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. All right, everybody, welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and I'm interviewing Luca of Adendio on a perfect plan for picking plugins. And right before the break, Luca, you were sharing that you felt most people did keyword searches to find their plugins, checked out the features, but weren't really using data to influence their decisions. So I'm kind of curious, again, I have like my list for tips of people, what they should kind of follow to pick a plugin. What are your tips? What, what, what methodology do you think people should follow when, when choosing a plugin? Um, so yeah, that's, that's a, one of the, my favorite questions when I get asked. Um, so the, the first key metric that I use is installs. I mean, there's nothing uh, particularly new to that. I think everybody uses that metric. I think the difference, though, is that uh, we have a pretty good view on what represents a good amount of installations. So I'm going to give you some examples. Um, the number of plugins who have an amount of installations above 5,000 today equals like 7%, like the top 7% of the plugins in the repo. If we look so at the, the plugins who have more than 10,000 installations, you're looking at the top 4%. And if you're looking at plugins with more plugins with more than 100,000 installation, you're looking at the top 0.6%. So uh, having these small numbers in your head already gives you an idea when you're picking a plugin, is it a good one or not? Yeah. So fundamentally, we just look at, okay, is it more than five? Is it more than 10? Is it more than 100K? And immediately we know if it's a plugin with enough uh, strength to be picked. So that's the first one. So why okay. is why is size so important? I mean, certainly you could have a uh, hundred million sites running a very terrible plugin, but like, what what about size makes that important for you? Um, the the install base is important because it gives you uh, a good feeling about whether the plugin has been battle tested. So if you if you're looking for a plugin that's to go into a production site, you definitely want to make sure that it's been battle tested on a few thousand installation and not just on 100 or less than a thousand. That's the, that's the overall thinking behind it. Yeah, it's funny. I remember when Yoast released version, I think it was 3.0 and he really, he did some testing in advance of it and it was all fine. But when he released it to the wild, it were all these plugin conflicts and, uh, you know, it took him a couple of days to kind of squash through them all. But you're right, having that scale, if he was a small plugin developer, he never would have even known this was an issue if he only had a few thousand installs. Yeah. So that, that's why, for me, that's, that's the major metric. Uh, it gives you a good uh, sense of the strength. Um, then we look at, uh, at the ratings. Although the ratings, I have to say, especially on WordPress.org, um, they're like, they can be misleading. And I think that's where... Uh, some people probably don't pay enough attention. So just to give you an idea, today you have about 200 million plugins installations uh, when you sum up all the installs of all the plugins in WordPress.org. 
And when you look at the amount of ratings uh, over the past 14 years, you get to about 350,000 ratings. So 350,000 people rated uh, the plugins over those years. Um, the ratio gives you 0.2%. And also the issue that you have is that all those ratings, they're actually an average over the past 14 years. So if you just look at the average rating of a plugin, you don't actually see if the plugin is actually behaving correctly or is being rated as good in the last period. So it doesn't show you a trend, it shows you an average. Uh, and without going to advanced statistics, well, my suggestion is always to say, look guys, when you're looking at the ratings, make sure that the plugin has at least 20, 30 ratings, which is not that many plugins who have that. Um, I think it's like less than less than 1,500 or something like that. So basically what we do is that we just make sure that we look at the last five, 10 ratings and we make sure that those ones look good. Because so in addition, does, yeah. oh, sorry, I was going to say, so in addition to being cautious about reviews, you know, obviously people like writing fake reviews, your observation is to look at the most recent ones to see the trend. And it's funny you bring up trend because uh, a minute ago, you were talking about the number of installs, and that's also something I look at is to see the trend. Are they being, uh, are, is the number of installs, you know, trending up or down? In other words, if they had a good rating from the past or a high number of installs from the past, but that rate is going down, to me, that's kind of a clue that something, uh, you know, something bad could be going on. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, correct, correct. That's that's indeed the issue with ratings in general, but that, that's an issue over the internet. In the sense that when you look at ratings, even on Amazon, it's always an average. It never shows the last uh, 20 or 30 uh, ratings. So you don't get you don't get the trend out of the average. So and that's with software, so yeah, with software being released all the time, that's especially important, right? Because it's not just like a shoe that you know generally going to be the same, but it's actually stuff that changes, and so therefore its its quality would then change. Okay, so we got number of active installs, kind of looking in, in WordPress.org. Of course, shows you installs over time too, so you can see the trends. Um, reviews, but of course you can't see the trends, but you can kind of kind of get a feel for the most recent reviews. So what, what are your other tips? What other things should people be doing as they're uh, picking plugins? I, I have a last one uh, to just to be on the, on the user rule of three. Um, it's the last update. So the last update is, is a key element in order to see if the plugin is actively installed, actively being developed or not. Um, so anything above six months, it's probably kind of an orange red flag uh, that people should uh, consider. Uh, I did an analysis thing two years ago when I actually revisited uh, before this uh, this uh, this talk, uh, where basically if you if you look at the plugins on WordPress.org, after two three years, you know there's an eighty percent chance that the plugin will not be maintained anymore. So just to be more clear, if today you pick a plugin which has just come out today, there's an eighty percent chance that it will not be maintained two three years from now. You know, that, that's what we see. So the last update date is very important. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. There's a lot of very popular plugins with like one year, two year uh, update dates, you know, that, that, far, uh, that, that far back in the past. Things that people use all the time. And, you know, I don't think people fully understand the risk of adopting software, you know, as plugins are, of course. 
um, into their stack from somebody who may I maintain it. That's really interesting. I've never heard the the 80% stat. Uh, definitely eye-opening. Um, you know, one of the things we do internally when we're considering a plug-in is we actually do um, research on the business or the the person behind the plug-in to see, you know, are they committed to it? Do they feel like they're committed to it? Are they commercially committed to it? Is that something you recommend or also try to do when you're when you're picking solutions for your own business? Yeah, sure, sure. It's it's always about criticality. I mean, how critical is that plug-in for your business? If you're just doing a, a wedding uh, site uh, for your wedding over that will happen within the next six months, then that's not really an issue. But if you're really building a website for a business, yeah, you should definitely make sure that uh, you secure how critical the plugins you're picking are. Yeah, critical, criticality is an, an interesting kind of point. Like, is this super important? Do I need to sweat it or not? But if they're not updating it, and got, you know, forbid, God forbid, they're not also patching security vulnerabilities, even if it's not critical, it could still come back to haunt you later. Is, is that also true, Luca? Yeah, correct, correct. Uh, what I just meant is that uh, within, uh, within um, a reasonable time frame, if you're having just a wedding, your site is not that important, <laughs> or maybe it is important, but not, uh, not that much. If you're doing a business, yeah, you really need to pay extra attention. But yeah, you're right. Overall, you always need to pay attention to uh, to that part. Yeah, I got married a couple of months ago, and I created my site as a uh, you know WordPress org site. And I remember plugins going out of date and having to keep updating them. And I remember when the wedding was over, being all grateful that I didn't have to uh, have to do that anymore. <laughs> I can't imagine. So yeah. awesome. Okay, so you've covered WordPress.org. Of course, there's a lot going on there, right? There's the support forum in org. You can also get some clues there. Um, but the main gist was how many people have it installed? What's the velocity? Or is, is less, are less people installing it? What do the reviews look like? And what do the more frequent reviews look like? And then uh, the update date. And those were, were your, kind of your four main bullets, I guess, and kind of daisy-chaining off into, you know, is the, the plugin developer committed or not? So all of this so far has really focused on WordPress.org and picking plugins through that. So what I want to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'd like to ask you, <clears throat> how do you pick a plugin or review a plugin that's not in WordPress.org? So uh, everybody hang tight. We'll be back right after this break. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. WebmasterRadio.fm is the destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Engage with our panel of on-air experts and peers by following us on Facebook, Google+, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can listen to WebmasterRadio.fm on air or on demand from our website or through iTunes, Stitcher, or however you get your podcasts. Interact and stay informed. Just search for WebmasterRadio.fm. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. 
TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. TopSEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let TopSEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Press This WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I'm interviewing Luca Videndio on the perfect plan for picking plugins. And before the break, Luca, you were mentioning uh, various tips for using data on WordPress.org for picking a plugin. Uh, but what happens when the plugin is not in WordPress.org? What tips do you have around uh, picking plugins, again, not in WordPress.org? Um, yeah, let's assume that we're talking about uh, plugins that are not even on marketplaces, because on marketplaces uh, you can look at similar data points like the ones we discussed before. But if we're looking at uh, plugins which are actually called them independent, which they have their own shop and they're nowhere on uh, on major marketplaces. Um, my suggestion is always to look at the features first, uh, because if you don't fit, uh, if you don't get a fit with your with your need, well, there's no point uh, looking further than that. Second point you want to look is pricing, uh, or at least that's what I do, uh, because I want to make sure that the pricing that they apply it can scale with your business. Yeah. So that, that's an important area. Although, I mean, even if the pricing doesn't scale immediately, you can always try and, uh, and, uh, and negotiate with, uh, with, the, with the business. But it, it's important to understand uh, where does that sit in terms of pricing. And, uh, and the third area where I actually used to spend a lot of time were forums. I used to go a lot in, uh, in forums area for uh, services. There are less and less forums. That's my perception these days. Uh, when you pick for uh, services or plugins, uh, because most of the support is done through email these days. But uh, if there is a forum, I strongly encourage you to to check the forums because that's where you will find all the interaction between the company and their customers, and you will also see what kind of limitations the uh, uh, the service the plugin that you're looking at uh, has. So the, those are the the main three with the with basically making sure that it fits your need. It fits your wallet, and also you can get the good support that you're looking for. That's a really good tip. You know, you're right about forums uh, falling off in popularity. You know, I think Facebook groups are usurping forums in, in today's internet. It's really interesting to watch. Um, so you mentioned pricing as as a as a thing you look at when considering a plugin, and you mentioned you know will their pricing model scale with there uh, with your business or with your needs. And, and I think that's really interesting because as I think about the history of WordPress and, you know, when people charge for premium features or premium plugins, um, you know, traditionally it's been like this kind of a one and done deal. Like they charge you a one-time fee, maybe you pay a yearly fee for support. And, you know, it's kind of funny to hear you talk about pricing being a consideration, but, you know, I think the opposite is a bit true a lot of the time where people are really undercharging for things um, and, and really not getting the full value out of the things they make. And then, of course, that daisy chains into less support, less features being released. 
what are you, what are your thoughts on that? Like the history, kind of the one-time charging model, the evolution more to SaaS, and like its effects on the ecosystem. What are your thoughts on all that uh, coming from your perspective? Uh, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, we, that, that's what we see in the ecosystem. There's been, uh, I think that the way it started is that uh, the plugins have been released more like a way to share with the community uh, uh, some code and some uh, things that have been created by the plugin developers. But what we see is that now uh, this kind of model where you just pay once and then uh, you forget about it, yeah, it doesn't work in the long run because unless the uh, the plugin authors can make a living out of it, yeah, you cannot expect that they will be able to uh, bring on more innovation and to sustain uh, the, the plugin development. So it is important that uh, everybody gets a fair share of the value that is created. And yeah, the switching to a SaaS model, I think it's happening. I don't think it is that strong, to be honest. I mean, if, if it happens, it will take time uh, from what I see. Uh, but anyway, it is a it is anyway a, a healthy switch. I mean, it's it's a healthy thing that we see more professionalization in the way also uh, plugin developers charge for their for the uh, for their work because in the end, if they can continue doing what they're doing well, well, we will see more innovation and more uh, health for the whole ecosystem. So yeah, we should support plugins and team developers because. Yeah, that's what makes the ecosystem great. The fact that you can find pretty much anything for running your business without having to uh, hire a developer. Yeah, and health of the ecosystem, I think it's a really important point because to kind of call up, re- recant your, your recall, your, your stat from earlier, 80% of these plugins are, are dropped after whatever it was, two years. Part of the motivation for that, of course, is the lack of the ability to monetize from that. So, uh, Luca, we only have a couple of, of minutes left here. I was just curious. You know, there's an effort in core now to kind of up the code quality of plugins. Um, you know, um, XWP leading the kind of way there. What are your What are your thoughts around code quality and, and kind of getting better plugins built in the uh, the WordPress ecosystem? Real quickly. Yes, I. I looked at the type project. I think they will be released at the WordCamp US. So I'm looking forward to see what it will give in the details. Uh, overall, I think that uh, having data around code quality is a good uh, is a good idea uh, because in general, having data is better than having no data. With one major exception, if the data is not reliable, then it will backfire. So uh, I'm I'm curious to see what it will give because I don't have a very good. Uh, uh, knowledge of the state of the arts, but I'm curious to see what the type project will give. But overall, it's a good idea. Let's see what it brings in practice. Yeah, I think their focus is actually on like a confidence score. So to your point, it's only as good as the data. So it's a confidence score, not a yes, this is good or no, this is bad kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be real interesting to see the core group's uh, efforts there. Again, kind of leveraging uh, the efforts of, of the agency XWP. Um, so Luca, I wanted to thank you for joining us on the show today. I really appreciate having you here. Uh, likewise. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Awesome. And I uh, hope to see you at the, uh, the next WordCamp Europe and, uh, for everybody else listening, thank you for listening today to the press this WordPress community podcast on webmaster radio. We release new episodes every Tuesday. You can subscribe on iTunes or iHeartRadio, or download episodes 
at webmasterradio.fm forward slash shows forward slash press this. Again, I'm your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.